Okay, so um, I picked a verse from the past time, and it's just the, the start of it. And then we're, we're going to see how far we get, but um, yeah, we'll see how this goes. It's like a, to see the whole story as well as um, some of the other four parts describing Lord Four. So I'm going to stand for this one. Perfect timing.
While engaged in creation. While engaged in creation. Me. Of me. Of me. The earth. The earth. Barbie. Barbie. By the water. By the water. Being inundated. Rasam. Depth of water. Gata. Gone down. Atta. Therefore, Atrap. In this matter. Kim. What? Anushteyam. His right to be attempted. Asnabi. By us. Sarga. Creation. Yojitaha. Engaged in. Yasya. The one from whose. Aham. I. Hear Dayat. From the heart. Asam. Born. Sa. He. Isha. The Lord. Vidatta to. May direct. May. Unto me. Okay, translation. Drama thought. While I've been engaged in the process of creation, the earth has been inundated by a deluge and has gone down into the depths of the ocean. <clears throat> what can we do who are engaged in the matter of creation? It is best to let the Almighty Lord direct us. Poor part. The devotees of the Lord, who are all confidential servitors, are sometimes perplexed in the discharge of their respective duties, but they are never discouraged. They have full faith in the Lord, and he paves the way for the smooth progress of the devotee's duty. Seven chapters in Bhagavatam. 
So what I was wanting to understand was when I had read Bob Trauma the first time through, there was still parts to me that was like, okay, how do all these things go together? And um, is there two Lord Boards? Because some people talk about a white one and a red one and what's going on. And so I kind of wanted to start out with just a little overview and like a quiz story to see what we know. And then, because I picked this verse as like the starting point, um, and I think it has really beautiful, like to dive deeper. But I also, as I read through um, 13 and then going to 18 and 19, which is the battle and the killing of the demon here in Yaksha, I just, I think it's really amazing for us. Um, I just really love being able to read through the translations and have all the details of who Lord Barak is and why did he come. So they'll be interactive in the way of um, a story with some quizzes and then um, reading through the translation. So if you have your phone or you have an extra body tom, then I would get it and then we'll do popcorn and read through Lord Boris' pastimes in Bhagavatam. Let me have it closer. All right. So, the first question that came to my mind when I was reading through the pastimes was, okay, in chapter 13, there is a Lord Varaha that is white. And then, in other chapters, he's, um, what I understand in the pictures, like on the altar, he's red. So, does anyone know the difference between the white boar and the red boar? I may be wrong, but, um, so Varahadev appeared in two different kalpas, at least, maybe more. So, the Shrita, the white one, that's in the first, that's in the first Manvantara. I believe. Yeah. Um, at least what I have is the Swayam Bhuva devastation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first one he Swayam devastation. So then, he does slightly different things in the two different. So you do the research so you can refresh your memory. I, I, I don't recall. Prophet mentions it, and it's fleshed out by Jiva Goswami and others. And it's in the brief Bhagavatamrita too. It's also in the Black Bhagavatamrita, yeah. It's in both Bhagavatamritas. Okay. Great. And then, do you want to do the red? Do you want to so, I think the red one is the fight one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's called Just like the in the picture. Chakshusha devastation. Yeah, that's where he's, uh, he's slaying the Nyaksha, which I think is still, to, to date, is the best one-on-one -on -one battle in the whole body time. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> best battle. Best one-on-one -on -one battle. There are like army oh. battles, but that is the best one-on-one -on -one battle, for sure. Okay, so who is telling who these pastimes of Lord Boar? Does anyone know? I can give you a hint too. Maitreya Muni talking to the Dura. Great, okay. And um, how did how did Maitreya say he heard the pastimes. Who was narrating the stories to who first? So Maitreya heard them, and he told them to be Dora. And Maitreya is saying, I heard them long ago when 
someone told them to someone else. It's um, Lord Brahma to the demigod. Okay, so we have four different parts to this big story of Lord Raha. We have the pregnancy of Titi, um, because as I won't go like into too much detail of the story unless anyone's like, how did we get here? Who are the demons? I'm gonna go off with like you know a little bit about it kind of thing. So the first story is um, the pregnancy of Titi and how um, the two demons came from her womb and how that happened. And then, um, how did the demons come about? How did Jai be Jai? Um, they are cursed by the cor- cursed by the four Kumaras. And so how did that happen? And then there's the appearance of Lord Raha. And then there's the victory of Haranyaksha and his death at the hands of Lord Raha. So the battle. So pregnancy of Diti, Jai Jai and Vaikunta with the four Kumars, the appearance of Lavrata, and the battle. So within those stories, I'll do some quizzes, uh, starting with um, Jai and Vijay. They were um, gatekeepers of Vaikunta, and Vaikunta is which gate? There's how many gates to Vaikuntha? And Vaikuntha is the what gate? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's seven gates to Vaikuntha and they're at the seventh gate. So when we decide to try and go through those gates, you'll know if you got there or not. My Gurudev was saying yesterday on this class that you're like, if you bring any luggage with you of envy or greed or anything, like it's going to be like um, security at each gate is going to beep you. And like, beep, 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 beep. Okay, you can't get through. So. Okay, and so Jai and Vijay are standing at the doors, and he's approached by the four Kumaras. Does anyone know all four of their names? They're all S-A. Sanada. Yeah. Sanatana. And they were pretty angry. And so they cursed 
Jai and Vijay to come back to Earth and take birth as uh, demons. So, who is Jai and who is Vijay? Who, which demon is which? So, I mean, in, in terms of hearing Yaksha Jirani Kashyapu, maybe uh -huh. like that correlation. So, Jai and Vijay, if I remember correctly, Jai would be hearing Yaksha, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Jai and uh, Vijay would be hearing Kashyapu. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Great. Okay. All right. So, I went through a lot of, like, there's a lot more details in that, like, for Kumaras, and then Lord Krishna comes out, and he's like, hey, it's cool that you. Actually, this is something from one of the papers that I really love. 3, 16, 26, 26 um, when Jaya and Vijaya cursed, <coughs> it said, It is to be understood that the Lord himself engineered the cursing of Jaya and Vijaya. Ordinarily, there is no possibility that the Kumaras could become so angry that the Lord could neglect his gatekeepers or that anyone could return to the material world after reaching Vaikuta. Sometimes the Lord desires to fight, and because there are no enemies in Vaikuta, he incarnates into the material world for this purpose. The Lord only likes to perform his pastimes along with his associates. However, and so, he chooses a devotee to play the part of his enemy. Then, after making a temporary show of fighting, the, the Lord recalls his devotee to the spiritual world. Okay, so we're on to the next story. Jai and Jai have been cursed, and now they come into the womb of who, and who is her husband? They come into the womb of Aditi, and her husband is Kashyap and Mani. Aditi. Okay. Yeah, because D I T I is there two T's or oh, one? Okay. Because the Dites are the demons. Oh. Okay, so D T and Kashyap are the Yeah, D T was she. Okay. Yeah, great. Okay. Alright, so they come into the room of D T and I'm trying to think. Yeah, okay. So I'm gonna fast forward that they are born and Harley already answered who they are when they're born. And um, then they have their fighting pastimes. And I'll just ask one more question that kind of goes pretty fast towards the end. Oh, how long was pregnant, how long was DT pregnant for? She was trying to hold on for a hundred years. Yeah, she was trying to for a hundred years. So, um, this is just a question that's coming to my mind, but um, uh, I think that's the longest. Well, that's probably longer. But Vasudev was one year, 16 years. And then this is the other longest that I've heard. But I, can't, I don't know of a longer one, unless anyone else knows of a longer one. Alright, a hundred years Diti was born with two boys in her belly. <clears throat> okay, and then they came out and they have different pastimes and <clears throat> through and through. 
does what wear on his body? Anyone else? Does Nick want to try? Does he stab the demon in the chest with his tusk? Well, I don't know. That doesn't kill him. At least that's not what Biotron says. But, but it might happen in the fight. Yeah. Well, uh, as, we, as I coughed yesterday, we were coughing yesterday, he cry chops him, and then he <laughs> <laughs> cry chops him, and then he uh, stabbed him with his tusks somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, from Bioshock, I got a different answer as to how he actually died. Like, something happened, and then he died. That karate chop was perfectly placed on his ear, on his right ear, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if it was right or left. Probably says, I didn't write it down. Yeah, it's yeah. Right or left ear, yeah, you slapped him on the, on the root of the ear. And then he staggered over and died. Did you slap him on the comes into the chest and kills him with his tusk. Okay. What? You wanna, you wanna read it? This is 3, 19, 25. Okay, it says, the demon... Slapped him in the root of the ear, even as Indra, the lord of the Maruts, hit the demon of Rita. So, yeah, slapped the root of the ear. And then, is it, how long is the purple? Back then or It's very short. Okay. Uh, there's actually no clarification in this purple. Oh, okay. Oh, chapter and the 18th and the 19th just pretty much explaining the appearance of Lord Raha where the 13th is more, it's talking about the appearance of the white boar and then the 18th and the 19th are the red boar which we know most about. So I kind of want to get a vote from the audience. I'd like to read through just some translations so we can have an overview of Lord Raha. So chapter 13 it's pretty sweet describing everything about the Lord, his smell, his tasks, different different things. So I would say 
I'd love to read that one with everyone, and then we could vote depending on what time it is to do the battle or the killing of Hiranyaksha. How does that sound? Yeah. You're voting for the battle. Okay, well, we'll see when we're done the 13th chapter. We'll see how much time we have. If we can do both, then that'll be great. And if we can only pick one, then we'll vote. So if you have your cellular device or Bauchan on you, we will kind of like go around in a circle and read through the translations. And I'd like to start on text 14 in the 13th chapter. Really starts where Lord Baraha is uh, coming. Before that is quiz questions that are already asked where um, Maitreya is uh, speaking to, telling Vidura, and then Brahma and Sri Manu are talking about his, Sri Manu's place in the universe and what expectations he has for him. So we'll start with Sri Manu on text 14 um, when Sri Manu realizes, um, oh, you want me to take charge of this earth? Well, it's submerged, so can't really take charge of anything. Can you rescue the earth? So I'll start with text 14. Sri Manu said, Oh, all-powerful Lord, O killer of all sins, I shall abide by your order. Now please let me know my place and that of the living entities born of me. We'll just go around the circle. So Nick and my brother and Shana, you're passing. Text 15. Text 15. O master of the demigods, please attempt to lift the earth, which is merged in the great water, because it is the dwelling place of all living entities. It can be done by your endeavor and by the mercy of the Lord. Do you want to read the report? It's like a sentence. Sure, but we'll just keep le reading through the translations, unless you see other purports. It's not bad, it's not too good. Okay, yeah, we'll just keep reading through the translations. Sri Maitreya said, Thus, seeing the earth merged in the water, Brahma gave his attention for a long time to how it could be lifted. Brahma thought, while I have been engaged in the process of creation, the earth has been inundated by a deluge and has gone down into the depths of the ocean. What can we do who are engaged in this matter of creation? It is best to let the Almighty Lord direct us. O sinless Vidura, all of a sudden, while Brahma was engaged in thinking, a small form of a boar came out of his nostril. The measurement of the creature was not more than the upper portion of a thumb. O descendant of Bharat, while Brahma was observing him, that boar became situated in the sky in a wonderful manifestation as gigantic as a great elephant. Struck with wonder at observing the wonderful boar-like form in the sky, Brahma with great Brahmanas like Marichi, as well as the Kumaras and Manu, began to argue in various ways. Is, is this some extraordinary entity come in the pretense of a boar? It is very wonderful that he has come from my nose. Oh my gosh, this boar came out of my nose. First of all, this boar was seen no bigger than the tip of a thumb. Within a moment, he was as large as a stone. 
My mind is perturbed. Is he the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu? While Brahma was deliberating with his sons, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu roared tumultuously like a great mountain. <laughs> the omnipotent Supreme Personality of Godhead enlivened Brahma and the other highly elevated Brahmins by again roaring with his uncommon voice which echoed in all directions. When the great sages and thinkers who are residents of Janaloka, Kapaloka, and Satyaloka heard the tumultuous voice of Lord War, which was the all-auspicious sound of the all-merciful Lord, they chanted auspicious chants from the three Vedas. Playing like an elephant, he entered into the water after roaring again in reply to the Vedic prayers by the great devotees. The Lord is the object of Vedic prayers, and thus he understood that the devotees' prayers were meant for him. Before entering the water to rescue the earth, Lord Bor flew in the sky, slashing his tail, his hard hairs quivering. His very glance was luminous, and he scattered the clouds in the sky with his hooves and his glittering white tusks. He was personally the Supreme Lord Vishnu, who was therefore transcendental. Yet, because he had the body of a hog, he searched after the earth by smell. His tusks were fearful, and he glanced over the devotee Brahmanas engaged in offering prayers. Thus, he entered the water. Diving into the water like a giant mountain, Lord Bor divided the middle of the ocean, and two high waves appeared at the, as the arms of the ocean, which cried loudly, as if praying to the Lord, O Lord of all sacrifices, please do not cut me in two. Kindly give me protection. Lord Bor penetrated the water with his hooves, which were like sharp arrows, and found the limits of the ocean, although it was unlimited. He saw the earth, the resting place for all living beings, lying as if it was the beginning of creation, and he personally lifted it. Lord Bor very easily took the earth on his tusks and got it out of the water. Thus he appeared very splendid. Then his anger glowing like the Sudarshan wheel, he immediately killed the demon Haranyaksha although he tried to fight with the Lord. Thereupon, Lord Bor killed the demon within the water, just as a lion kills an elephant. The, chick, the cheeks and tongue of the Lord became smeared with the blood of the demon, just as an elephant becomes reddish from digging in the purple earth. Then the Lord, playing like an elephant, suspended the earth on the edge of his curved white tusks. He assumed a bluish complexion like that of a tamala tree, and thus the sages, headed by Brahma, could understand him to be the supreme personality of Godhead, and offered respectful obeisances unto the Lord. All the sages, all these sages uttered with great respect, O unconquerable enjoyer of all sacrifices, all glories and all victories unto you. You are moving in your form of the personified Vedas, and in the hair holes of your body, the oceans are submerged. 
for certain reasons to have lifted earth, you have now assumed the form of Ebola. O Lord, your form is worshipable by performances of sacrifice, but souls who are simply miscreants are unable to see it. All the Vedic hymns, Gayatri, and others are in the touch of your skin. In your bodily hairs is the kusha grass, in your eyes is the clarified butter, and in your four legs are the four kinds of fruitive activity. O oh Lord, your tongue is a plate of sacrifice. Your nostril is another plate of sacrifice. In your belly is the eating plate of sacrifice, and another plate of sacrifice is the holes of your ears. In your mouth is the Brahma plate of sacrifice. Your throat is the plate of sacrifice known as Soma. And whatever you chew is known as Agni Potra. Moreover, O Lord, the repetition of your appearance is the desire for all kinds of initiation. Your neck is the place for three desires, and your dust are the result of initiation and the end of all desires. Your tongue is the prior activities of initiation. Your head is the fire without sacrifice, as well as the fire of worship, and your living forces are the aggregate of all desires. Oh Lord, your semen is a sacrifice called Soma Yagna. Your growth is the ritualistic performances of the morning. Your skin and touch sensations are the seven elements of the Ashnishtoma sacrifice. Your bodily joints are symbols of various other sacrifices performed in 12 days. Therefore, you are the object of all sacrifices called Soma and Asoma, and you are bound by Yagna's only. O Lord, you are the Supreme Personality of Godhead and are worshipable by universal prayers, Vedic hymns, and sacrificial ingredients. We offer our obeisances unto you. You can be realized by the pure mind, free from all visible and invisible material contamination. We offer our respectful obeisances unto you as a Supreme Spiritual Master of Knowledge and Devotional Service. O Lifter of the Earth, the Earth with its mountains, which you have lifted with your tusks, is situated as beautifully as a lotus flower, leaves sustained by an infuriated elephant just coming out of the water. O oh Lord, as the peaks of great mountains become beautiful and decorated with clouds, your transcendental body has become beautiful because of your lifting the earth on the edge of your tusks. O Lord, for the residential purposes of all inhabitants, both moving and non-moving, this earth is your wife, and you are the Supreme Father. We offer our respectful obeisances unto you, along with Mother Earth, in whom you have invested your own potency, just as an expert sacrificer puts fire in the Arani wood. Who else, who else but you, the Supreme Personality of Godhead? could deliver the earth from within the water. It is not very wonderful for you, however, because you acted most wonderfully in the creation of the universe. By your energy, you have created this wonderful cosmic manifestation. 
O Supreme Lord, undoubtedly we are inhabitants of the most pious planets, the Jana, Tapas, and Satyalokas, but still we have been purified by the drops of water sprinkled from your shoulder hairs by the shaking of your body. O Lord, there is no limit to your wonderful activities. Anyone who desires to know the limit of your activities is certainly nonsensical. Everyone in this world is conditioned by the powerful mystic potencies. Please bestow your costless mercy upon this con these conditioned souls. The sage Maitreya said, The Lord being thus worshipped by all the great sages and transcendentalists touched the earth with his hooves, hooves and placed it on the water. In this manner, the personality of Godhead, the Lord Vishnu, the retainer of all living entities, raised the earth from within the water, and having, in, and having placed it afloat on the water, he returned to his own abode. <clears throat> if one hears and describes in a devotional service attitude this auspicious narration of Lord War, which is worthy of description of the Lord, who is within the heart of everyone, is very pleased. <clears throat> Nothing remains unachieved when the Supreme Personality of God is pleased with someone. By transcendental achievement, one understands everything else to be insignificant. One who engages in transcendental loving service is elevated to the highest perfectional stage by the Lord Himself, who is seated in everyone's heart. Who, other than one who is not a human being, can exist in this world and not be interested in the ultimate goal of life? Who can refuse the nectar of narrations about the personality of Godhead's activities, which, by itself, can deliver one from all material pains? Chai, okay, 13th chapter. I can't <laughs> Okay, and um, we'll do reflections. I thought of one more question quiz, which I'm trying to remember the answer to, but I know someone in here will know the answer. When Lord Bore lifted the earth from within the water, who did the earth later on give birth to? Nate. Men Banasur is the one that stole all the princesses, isn't it? Yeah, and he stole the princesses, and then, and then he also hired the Murari or Mora, the Mora demon, to create the moat and like the like all these different security measures to protect. And then Krishna came and smashed all those things with his club, and so and then killed Murari, shot an arrow in each one of his five heads. So he's known as Murari. And Narakasura, what happened to him? They're the same person. 
Oh, and then... Morari was killed, but then... Yeah, Mora, Mora was killed. And then uh, Nargisur, he was also killed. I don't remember the details yet. Yeah. <laughs> He's not worth the details. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, so that was chapter 13. It's 8.45. Does anyone have any reflections from chapter 13 that they want to say? Or we can move on to the battle or the killing. Yeah. Quick reflection from the second to last verse, 49. I really liked in the verse, in the first line, nothing remains unachieved when the Supreme Personality of God it is pleased with, with someone. And then the last line of the purport. Prophet says, one merely has to become sincere in his purpose, and then the Lord is there to help in every way.
The demon, who had golden hair on his head and fearful tusks, gave chase to the Lord while he was rising from the water, even as an alligator would chase an elephant. Roaring like thunder, he said, You, are you not ashamed of running away before a challenging adversary? There is nothing reproachable for shameless creatures. Those who are demons cannot understand. Oh, excuse me. The Lord placed the earth within his sight on the surface of the water and transferred to her, own, to her his own energy in the form of the ability to float on the water. While the enemy stood looking on, Brahma, the creator of the universe, extolled the Lord, and the other demigods rained flowers on him. The demon who had a wealth of ornaments, bangles, and beautiful golden armor on his body chased the Lord from behind with a great mace. The Lord tolerating, tolerated his piercing ill words, but in order to reply to him, he expressed his terrible anger. The personality of God had said, Indeed, we are creatures of the jungle, and we are searching after hunting dogs like you. One who is freed from the entanglement of death has no fear from the loose talk in which you are indulging, for you are bound up by the laws of death. Certainly, we have stolen charge of the inhabitants of Rasatala and have lost all shame. Although bitten by your powerful mace, I shall stay here in the water for some time because, having created enmity with a powerful enemy, I now have no place to go. You are supposed to be the commander of many foot soldiers, and now you may take prompt steps to overthrow us. Give up all your foolish talk and wipe out the cares of your kith and kin by slaying us. One may be proud, yet he does not deserve a seat in assembly if he fails to fulfill his promised word. Sri Maitreya said, The demon, being thus challenged by the personality of Godhead, became angry and agitated. And he trembled in anger like a challenged cobra. Hissing indignantly, all his senses shaken by wrath, the demon quickly sprang upon the Lord and dealt him a blow with his powerful mace. The Lord, however, by moving slightly aside, dodged the violent mace blow aimed at his breast by the enemy, just as an accomplished yogi would elude death. The personality of Godhead now exhibited his anger and rushed to meet the demon who bit his lip in rage, took up his mace again, and began to repeatedly brandish it about. Then with his mace, the Lord struck the enemy on the right of his brow. But since the demon was expert in fighting, O oh, gentle Vidura, 
He protected himself by a maneuver of his own mace. In this way, the demon Haranyaksha and the Lord, the personality of God, had struck each other with their huge maces, and it each enraged in seeking his own victory. There was keen rivalry between the two combatants. Both had sustained injuries on their bodies from the blows of each other's pointed maces, and each grew more and more enraged at the smell of blood on his person. In their eagerness to win, they performed maneuvers of various kinds, and their contest looked like an encounter between two forceful bulls for the sake of a cow. O descendant of Puru, Brahma, the most important independent demigod of the universe, accompanied by his followers, came to see the terrible fight for the sake of the world between the demon and the personality of Godhead, who appeared in the form of a boar. After arriving at the place of combat, Brahma, the leader of thousands of sages and transcendentalists, saw the demon who had attained such unprecedented power that no one could fight with him. Brahma then addressed Narayan, who was assuming the form of a boar for the first time. Lord Brahma said, My dear Lord, this demon has proved to be a constant pinprick to the demigods, the brahmanas, the cows, and innocent persons who are spotless and always dependent upon worshipping your lotus feet. He has become a source of fear by unnecessarily harassing them. Since he has attained a boon from me, he has become a demon, always searching for a proper combatant, wandering all over the universe for this infamous purpose. Lord Brahma continued, My dear Lord, there is no need to play with this serpentine demon, who is always very skilled in conjuring tricks, and is arrogant, self-sufficient, and most wicked. Brahma continued, My dear Lord, you are infallible. Please kill this sinful demon before the demoniac hour arrives and he presents another formidable approach favorable to him. You can kill him by your internal potency without doubt. My Lord, <clears throat> the darkest evening which covers the world is fast approaching. Since you are the soul of all souls, Kindly kill him and win victory for the demigods. The auspicious period known as Abhijit, which is most opportune for victory, commenced at midday and is all but past. Therefore, in the interest of your friends, please dispose of this formidable foe quickly. The demon, luckily for us, has come of his own accord to you, his death ordained by you. Therefore, exhibiting your ways, kill him in the duel and establish the world in peace. Okay, so I have one other question. Just if anyone knows, when I was reading um, yesterday, it's saying that Brahma gave boons, like in the 22nd and 23rd text, Lord Brahma gave boons to Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu. Does anyone know what those boons are or when he gave them to them? For Hiranyakashipu, the boon was that he could never be killed in all these different ways, but I don't remember specifically the boon for Hiranyakashipu. Does anyone know the boon 
That's one that I don't know. Okay, we'll find out and we'll get back to you. Mm. Oh, same. This is 317.22. It says, this is the purple. The Astorias are generally strongly built, as described here, and therefore their mental condition is very sound, and their prowess is also extraordinary. Hedani Yaksha and Hedani Kashibu, having received the boon that they would not be killed by any other living entity within his universe, were almost immortal unless they were completely fearless.